Hi, hello. Welcome to the after party. Uh, we have with us Julia Shafini. Julia, can you and Eric, who like wrestling, talk to us about wrestling for a few minutes? Of course I can. Do you have a- <laughs> Damn, we're just getting right to the point. That's, Usually Amanda says something cute. That's all the context that I have available to me. Asking <laughs> questions is cute, Eric. Knowledge is power. <laughs> well, do you have actual questions or are you just like, hey, talk about wrestling? I do. What What is creative? Like, how close to the truth is this? <laughs> so, like, is that a real thing? That there's happens? no actual bears. There might be some, like, bears. But, like, there's no actual bears. <laughs> like hairy men? <laughs> yes. Okay, okay, okay. Good start. Yeah. Um, Are there but, glasses, though? Yes. Fish? Usually. Fish people. Questionable. Gotcha. Depends on how you view Stanford, You can't disprove it. That's all I'm saying. Mm. Wrestling as a creative enterprise. What does creative do? And are all writers' rooms full of bears? So creative writes the storylines, the overarching storylines for wrestling in the WWE. I'm using the WWE as an example because it's what I'm most familiar with. Sure. But the thing is, when it comes to writing, creative goes from everything from the overarching storylines to the, hey, here's the monologue that you're going to say in front of the audience. Here's what promo you're going to cut in front of the audience. They used to like actually give people kind of free reign with promos, but the WWE in particular has gotten much more like staunch and particular about what superstars say, especially because the Attitude Era was not great. So that's like people being over-the-top personalities. Yes. And some of them were like, I don't know, racist or misogynist. I mean, yeah, that's probably true. There's so a lot of when you get super fucking hype and you're forced to improv. Sometimes you don't come up with the best things. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, oh man, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this guy into the ground. And sometimes you're like, yo, his wife is not a person I like. And you're like, no, don't do that. Wait, what? Go back. Go back. Are there like indie wrestling federations? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's not just like WWE and the people in their backyards? Yeah, no, there's a lot of indie stuff. Uh, TNA is a great example of it. Lucha Underground, which you can watch on Netflix, actually. Whoa. Um, Lucha awesome. Libre is so wild. It's all about like aerial stunts and all the superheroes because everyone wears masks. Yeah. So it's very good. Lucha is very flippy. Uh, Lucha Underground features a wrestler who is like, I travel back in time to change the future. So that's a pretty cool so persona. Doc Brown. Whoa. Yeah, but with a mask. And can do flips. So creative is actually a lot like Dungeons and Dragons. It's similar to how the DM functions. Like you set the stage for what happens, but it's like once people get in the ring or play the game, things may change. So that's why Cole went to try to get creative to change this whole oatcake storyline to like make sure that the thing that she wanted would happen. Yeah, creative determines the beats and the outcome of the matches. Does all creative have giant dogs hidden in the wings? Uh, no. Just this one. There well, are some... It wasn't really hidden. It was more like magically some. There are some <laughs> wild creative stories, though, including one where they're like, hey, we're going to have a match at some dude's house. 
and it's going to be haunted and there's going to be some weird haunted dolls in there and then they're going to wrestle and someone's going to get crushed. They wrestle with... the dolls? They didn't wrestle the dolls, but someone did get crushed <laughs> grammar, by... Grammar, Julia, grammar. <laughs> they did get crushed by a haunted refrigerator. No! <laughs> okay, okay, There was okay. a tractor that moved backwards. That's so That's spooky. Very good. I like That's that. too spooky. Mm-hmm. Eric, I don't think I asked you last time because I was too damn emotionally devastated from my oat cake reveal, but why would you want to make wrestling into one of our arcs? Well, it's it's a part of this arc. I think that it giving us an interesting framing device. We're introducing NPCs and they have other jobs. And although like you've been so tied in with the larger story here that's happening in the concentric states, the deal with Alonzo, this whole thing going down with Zaul, that I figured that like remembering that people have regular lives and jobs and things happen out in the cities is important. I mean, Alonzo's still out there, and you guys chose to go to creative instead. And I think that's a choice. I mean, that's definitely something that regular people would do. You want to do the thing that is most pertinent to you at the moment. There was a puppy on the line. Mm. Oatcake's on the line, man. Like, mm. I don't heart. think it was really a choice. But I think that it makes sense. I mean, the lovable dog comes first, even yes. if Alonzo is running around the city. The lovable dog's never given us that much grief, so, you know... <sighs> I think we go with the lovable dog. The lovable dog never went super saiyan and then started making things explode. And she like, did not. here's the thing from the outsider's perspective. As a outsider player, I can kind of imagine, hey, if we have a giant match in the middle of the city that all these people are going to show up to, maybe Alonso will show up too. Honestly, didn't even occur to me. <laughs> Genuinely, didn't occur to me. Okay, on the line. I'm going to save Okay. period. Yankee's going to be like the... Big baddie at the end of the wrestle match. I don't know what happens in wrestling. Hey, apparently. <laughs> Suddenly, one of us has to marry The Undertaker. That's There's a- one wrestler I know with The Undertaker. <laughs> that's a thing that's happened before. Not The Undertaker, <laughs> but... John Cena. Surprise wedding. Also, a callback, at least for some of the players at this table, is the idea of Koatoa. Julia, tell us about our proto campaign. So we had a campaign where I played a half-elf ranger who was basically like a mercenary, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and who lost her father in a orc attack as a young child. It was bad. There was some like fantasy racism happening. It wasn't great. Julia, that's very in-depth and dark backstory. Are you okay? (laughs) Listen, it was my first D&D campaign. It's so original and not something I've read in every fantasy book. It was the end of 2016. Wow. Okay. So one of the things that we did was my now husband, Jake, um, was not available for a campaign so we did some weird like off campaign Mm -hmm. and it involved Koatoa and also a panther that I summoned from a bag of tricks and my father the ghost of my father an entrepreneurial bro brought them in for like adventuring advice and they went into this conference room and they had to like talk about like what would your god be if you had one and my and chaotic I mean, neutral ranger yeah and julia had this magical panther with her so they were like what would your god want and i'm like death and they're like oh fuck they were like oh julia are you okay no so then they revealed that they were koatoa in the other room listening to these responses and it generated this terrible demigod they had to catch and then julia's character got tempted by the god slash her dad and uh, it was very emotional for me. There was a whole thing where it was a planar beast, and I was also going to be a horizon walker once I got to choose my ranger path. And yeah. Whole mess. And I 
almost cried during the session. Um, almost. <laughs> there were no actual tears. A lot tears. of air quotes coming from my eyes. My eyes were just, were just glistening like an anime character. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, I can relate because I also cried when I was running away from this giant dog. It's true. I love so my Cerberus. Scary. I want to keep them. So small compared to this other dog. <laughs> so small. <laughs> I know, and like six times taller than a okay guess. <laughs> I also love how un cake has become slang among us and the Join the Party Discord <laughs> for just any French bulldog. <laughs> any French bulldog you see out in the wild that's, oh, I saw an oat cake today. All of us yeah. are like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. French don't, bulldogs are so cute. It. They are. They're very cute. I, I thought that a massive French bulldog would be... And Even amazing. cuter. Yeah, the more the more big, the more cute. Yeah, but also terrifying and would crush you in its jaws. Didn't crush Tracy. He's That's true. It did fast. crush Cole though. Oh, and, real and, uh, bad. Real bad. Oh, yes. Real big crush. What happens to Cole now? Ah, uh, well, I will say that Julia is not going to return next week. But <gasps> who is this mysterious new character who's coming? Are you busy? It's not me. But. Amanda, you used something I don't think we've seen before. Yeah. So as part of my background, I have something called Faction Safe Haven. And so far, all that's meant is that some of my abilities have an extra little bonus on my character sheet. But it's true that because I'm joining an Assassin's Guild, there are guild members in other cities. And one of the reasons that I chose this background is because there is this element called Safe Haven, where you get extra special support in one of the skills that you choose from your other guild members in other cities. So mine was survival. And I figured that if I was like down and out or my tent got washed away or whatever kind of straits I might find myself in, I would be able to call upon the guild. So this is when I did it, and I cast out and hoped that someone would give me some kind of lifeline. And it appears that either the guild has come through, or I find myself with an unconscious coal in an even more precarious situation. But I guess we'll see next time on Join the Party. <laughs> that was a good Thanks pitch. For that cut. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think 50-50 chance of, like, big scary monster person, or, like, you know, very friendly, helpful Nice person. Knowing Eric, I'll find myself in fucking Dubin boosters. <laughs> Damn it. it Damn, well, I got to rewrite my notes. Yeah, it's just going to be And, like, a... use a claw machine to get, like, <laughs> Advil for coal. <laughs> Who knows? I need so much more than Advil. <laughs> it's, it's... I do have a 10 HP healing potion in my uh, in my pack that I've held on to for five story arcs. I do appreciate that people are using their items. I love it. You know, I'm the kind of person who, like, has a nice thing and I save it forever. Like, my Halloween candy <laughs> would go bad after New Year's and I wasn't able to eat it because I just wanted to save it until I needed it. What? Yeah, what? like, I, I'll, I'll buy nice, like, balsamic vinegar or olive oil or something and then it'll go rancid before I actually use it. Because I want to save it and only use it when I actually want to use it. But, you know, I have a, a revised awareness of mortality here on Join the Party, given <laughs> recent events and also the world. So I figured, use my items. We might all die young. I'm going to rip a patch off a cloak. And that's my manifesto. Like they say, only the good die young. Only yeah. the good. Yeah. Only the good die young. Oh. Uh, how many patches do you have left on the on the cloak? I think I only have lantern left, but the listeners can correct me because I I forgot that they use mirror. <laughs> so we'll see. Julia 
This is what we talked about last episode. Yeah. I, we, uh, this is like the cool mechanic subclass that we came up with for Artificer. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving you guns like Tracy has, we gave you some fun new mechanics. I do still have a gun. It's just not as cool as Tracy's. That's true. It's not like a thunder cannon. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now it's kind of useless. So You can get it fixed. You will get it fixed. We'll I can see. fix it for you at some point. Maybe. Well, you're knocked out, so no, wow, you can't. Wow, okay, <laughs> wow. I'm just wow. never going to survive. I'm going to die here. Thank you. We'll Thank see. you, Brandon. Who knows? Who can say? I will say that we did not have quite enough alabaster in this episode for me. I love him, and I want to talk to him all the time. They were behind the entire time, and I'm I'm surprised <laughs> that they did not get eaten up by the good dog friend. Yeah, Alabaster kind of got lost in the shovel there. Alabaster too took... much work, too many shells, not enough meat in there, you know. Alabaster did take a lot of damage, but they have pretty high HP by just being like a good, fun robo-friend. Like nearly double mine. Yeah. So that helps. Well, Julia, thank you so much for coming on to join the party for two whole episodes and accompanying us on this journey. Thank you for being present to my use of your gay cloak that you gifted me. And, and who's me? your favorite? Any final words? Any decisions between your lifelong best friend and two men who you just met? Just any any decisions? I just I don't. Really I hosted you at my home. I gave you alcohol. I don't. Really... I gave you a game to a world, a fantasy world to play in. I just don't really appreciate the idea that like I'm only going to be here for two episodes now that I've passed out. I'm clearly going to die in the next episode. <laughs> who can say? Who uh, can say? Skirting the question. Oh, we'll see if Cole comes back. Oh, All right. How about you roll? How about you roll one to seven? Me. Seven to twenty. Brandon. Someone Eight give me to a fourteen. Dice. Brandon. I don't want your dice. Fifteen they roll to low. twenty. Actually, Eric. maybe I do. That I'm. Eric has one fewer number, but he has the twenty. <laughs> what? Oh man, it's it's a it landed on an edge. No, no. <laughs> Fair enough. We'll never know. Oh no, it was oh, me. Geez. It was me the whole time. If Julia had rolled a fourteen, that would be the first time Brandon's rolled above a ten. <laughs> Ouch! If I was using intelligence or wisdom, Julia, it would have been a fourteen. Julia, want to know who my favorite is? Because not Eric. There, Chance. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, well, we'll let Julia make her way far, far into the Eastern Lands home. Gentlemen, let's go to some audience questions. Let's go. All right, I have a question from the After Party Questions channel in our disco. Discord? The disco. The disco. Todd asks, what advice do you have for people who would like to make a stab at podcasting or audio drama, but don't feel like they have a voice that lends itself to broadcasting? Oh, my goodness. You're the perfect person. Listen. This is the deal with podcasting, people. Get, get, le, lean in. Lean in. Make sure your headphones I'm, are on your ears properly. I'm getting closer. I'm very, I can tell, I'm Brandon, right because your mic technique is so stellar that your mouth is always as close as possible to the microphone. <laughs> I am so close. I'm right here. I'm <laughs> extremely here. One, you need to have new information to share with the world. Two, you need to have a new perspective or take or point of view on stuff that people know already. Or three, you have a new story to share with the world. That's it. And there are lots of ways to make any of those good. There are lots of ways to combine them to have a new perspective on unexpected information and all kinds of great stuff that you can do. But listen, you go to a museum to see a bunch of interesting new things. You don't go to a museum to see different copies in different color palettes of the same subject. And that is what a lot of shows sound like in all kinds of media. 
And if your voice is different physically or metaphorically or in your experience or in your idea of what is interesting, welcome. This is for you. Like you, you must, if you can and want to, share that stuff with the world. A lot of people get hung up on the literal physical voice part of it. They think that their voice sounds weird or they think that they don't have, you know, the accent that this audio drama creator wants or whatever it is. But I, I'll say a couple facts and then I'll say some opinions. Ooh. Oh, fuck, fuck me up with some facts. Well, facts me up. Having, you know, done audio my entire life, your voice sounds different, literally sounds different in your head than it sounds to other people. That is true. And that's why also a lot of people hate hearing their voice on microphone or on tape because they're not used to it. The way you're literally, the, your voice travels in your head in the way that it rattles your bones and all the empty it's all, space. It's all in that soup up there. Your it's voice is not soup. just in the, you're in all the bones. air. <laughs> you're, Remember how bones you are. It's going through all those bones and soups up there. So you're hearing the, the reverberations from your bones in your head. And that's the voice you hear. And but, the soups. And the soups. But when you say it out loud, that voice carries differently to the outside world. So it does. It's di- literally different. So you cannot be objective about your own voice. Just period. And that includes tics you might have, like, quote unquote, breathing weird or like smacking your lips or uh, I say, um, a lot. I have really slow pacing and we all have quirks that we do when we talk. And then two, I personally, and I think you guys agree, I love it, especially in podcasts when people have interesting voices yes. and you, literally unique sounds to their voices. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes lisps. That includes tics. That includes whatever it is. It makes filler words or patterns of speech that might not be typical. It's like looking at a color combination you've never seen before. Yep. It sticks out in your brain. It helps you remember the person, helps you get to know them. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm here for. That's what podcast listeners are here for. They're yeah. here to immerse themselves in a story or get to know a person that they haven't heard or known before. Yeah. It's like literally, I think of it as like a literally an audio portrait of a person. So like I can't see you and I, unless I Google you. So I have a portrait of you in my brain based on what you sound like. And the more unique and different and interesting it is, the richer that portrait is. Yeah. I think it's a fallacy that everyone needs to sound like Ira Glass. And just, Ira Glass was fucking weird when he started broadcasting. I was just going to say no that. No one had ever heard him before and people still make fun of his voice. And yet... It's him and having his own perspective. I'm sorry, I'm getting very worked up here. But he has inspired thousands of people to start making stuff because he was different and that resonated with them. Yep. Another thing is that the voices you hear on podcasts are not the way people's voices actually sound. Through the magical work of audio technicians, shout out Brandon and and, and that stuff. And literally just the fact that it goes through a piece of mechanical electric magic stuff called microphones. Yes, but I'm thinking like I don't know if you how many podcasts you listen to, listener out there, but uh Roman Mars from 99% Invisible, he does not sound like that on a regular basis. <laughs> he like is all bassy and he sounds like he wants to just like instruct you and you're going to believe everything he says and his voice is so warm and He's wearing mellow. like a shawl next cardigan sitting in front of a fire with like an architecture book in front of him. Right, but I've seen live performances of him talking about architecture and talking about flags, and he doesn't sound like that. His voice is more tinny. He sounds like a regular person. And that's not to say that Roman Mars doesn't have a great voice to start with, but like the thing that comes out at the end of podcasts is not a real person's voice. So don't compare yourself to the souped up, edited version of people's voices. Like your voice probably sounds great if it was modified and run through uh, mixing software as well. And there is someone out there who also thinks that their voice is unsuitable 
or something in the ways that you fear yours might be. But putting yours out there gives that person a chance of hearing it and being like, oh, damn, wait, I can make this stuff, too. Like, look up the the music video for Ring of Keys from Fun Home. It is <laughs> the gayest, so you're probably going to like it if you like the show. Um, but also, it is, for me, the most moving kind of depiction of seeing a version of yourself or what you could be out there. And in this case, it's looking at someone's like gender presentation and being like, oh, wait, that's an option. But that is how lots of people feel, how I felt when I've seen or heard people out there who have the same accent as me or who use the word like and don't edit it out every single time or who make silly jokes or esoteric references and do those things side by side and don't worry about sounding like a person who enjoys vapid entertainment, but also critical theory. So point being, you might think you're alone, but by putting yourself out there, you are proving to others and to yourself that you're not. And from an editor's perspective, I'll also say that those people who leave things in, like the likes or the esoteric jokes, that does not mean they're not edited. That just means that the editor is smart and knows what to capture that is um, intensely reminiscent of who the person is. They're bringing the best, the most um, concentrated person to tape. Uh, I got a question for Brandon. Hey, Brandon, does Tracy have teeth? Oh, no. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't ask me this one. Wait, can we go around with our head cannons? Yeah, go, you'll go first. I think he has one complete denture, like one one wooden carved bottom, one top. I think he just has two buck teeth. No. <laughs> but that's it. And everything else is just like metal moach. Yes. <laughs> Tracy does have teeth. Yes, Human yes. teeth. Human teeth. Ooh. I don't like it. Terrifying. No, they're wooden. <laughs> they're like George Washington. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us for this after party. Uh, it was a fun episode and we enjoyed having you along. Remember that you can ask us questions anytime. Just tweet us at Join the Party Pod or send us an Instagram comment or message on Facebook. You can email us for questions or game tales or whatever you might want to send the party. Hello at jointhepartypod.com. That's also where you can find transcripts for every dang episode put together by our scribe friend, Nicole. And you can compliment Nicole on her transcript work or ask us after party questions in the moment or join other listeners in the story spoiler chat where every Tuesday morning, that's an episode day, people gather to talk about what's going down in the episode. And that is available only to those who join us on Patreon patreon.com slash join the party pod where you can pledge to join our patreon member community and get access to that primo discord see people's cat photos hear their rpg game tales ask us all the questions you want that's at patreon.com slash join the party pod well that's about it for us gents would you like to end off this episode by giving us your favorite wrestler send-off i'm gonna wrestle you good no that's my second cousin Meanings in the hands of the reader. Postmodernism. <laughs> My wrestle name is Praxis. <laughs> See you in two weeks. Bye, guys. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Don't, 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 don't.